is the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our weekend service right here at our campus located in downtown Brea, California. We hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. We're actually in a series of teachings right now called, it's really easy, everybody say the red letter words right there, one, two, three, Jesus. It's an easy series, it's kind of obvious, it's Jesus dot dot dot, kind of like a question. Who is Jesus? Man, myth, legend, or something more? Who is Jesus? We've been going at this for the last couple of weeks, and we're in the third, uh, third of the teachings on who is Jesus. It's based on a question found in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, where Jesus asks his followers this question, who do you say that I am? We'll try this again. This question. There it is. Who do you say that I am? That's the question that Jesus asked. And this question from 2,000 years ago is as relevant today as it was then, and it's important for you and I to answer. Because your answer determines your worldview. It it, it determines your perspective, how you're going to spend your time and your money how you're going to treat others, how you're going to love. And most importantly, the answer to the question that Jesus asks, who do you say that I am, is going to determine your eternity. And we're looking at, well, there's all sorts of sources that we could look at. Last week I mentioned that Jesus is the most written about individual in all of history. There are more books, more articles, more blogs, more tweets about Jesus Christ than even Donald Trump. All right. I mean, there's more, there's more written about Jesus Christ than anybody else in all of history. But we're looking into the Bible, into the Gospels, to get our definition of who Jesus is. Last week, we camped out in the Gospel of Matthew. And the Gospel of Matthew opened with Emmanuel, God with us. We found out that Jesus is present. The very last thing that Jesus says at the end of the Gospel of Matthew is, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. We found out last week in the Gospel of Matthew that Jesus is present, not a distant force, not some alien somewhere else, but actually a very present. As this scripture says in the book of Psalm, a very, everybody say present, present help in times of trouble. A very present help in times of trouble. He's there for us. He's not only near, He's here. And so I want to pause right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, join me, would you? We thank you for your word. We thank you for what we've been learning. And Lord, I pray that it would go into our ears, into our minds, and sink deep into our heart and make a transformation. Would you pray that for yourself? God, I want to receive your word here today, that it would transform me and change my life forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, agree with me and say amen. This week, we're going to jump forward to the gospel of John. Everybody say John. We're jumping forward to the gospel of John. John chapter 14. And before I read John chapter 14, I want to give you a little context I'm going to start at verse 1, but let me give you some context of what's happening here. This is getting to the end of days for Jesus' 33 years here on earth. He's just dropped a news bomb on his followers, his friends, his buddies, his disciples, and he's having his last meal with them. 
He's dropped this news bomb on them saying, okay, my primary purpose is about to happen. And my time here is about done. He says to these guys, I'm about ready to be out of here. And of course, they want to know, well, where are you going? Oh, because wherever you are, we want to be there. Because wherever you are, man, people are being healed. Wherever you are, people are being saved. Wherever you are, good stuff happens. Wherever you are, when there are hungry people, they eat. We want to be where you are. We want to go where you're going. Well, the reality is they couldn't go where he was about to go. At least, not yet. There was something he still had to do. And only one person could do it. And that was him. So let's take a look at what Jesus says there in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6 as I read. He says, hey, don't let your hearts be troubled, because of course they were getting concerned. Trust in God, and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will be with me always. You will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. Verse 5, no, we don't. Thomas said, we have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And here it is. Jesus told them, and let's all read it together. Ready, begin. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Keep going. No one can come to the Father except through me. Today's message is, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. I have some friends. Uh, I had the opportunity for a number of years to, to travel around the United States uh, through wonderful places like South Dakota, Brr. Nebraska, lots of corn, Kansas, Missouri, and all sorts of places in the Midwest and out in the East. So I've made lots of friends around the United States, and since then, those friends have visited me and come and hung out with us, and whenever they're in California, they call us up and say, hey, it's my first time to California, show me around. And so I usually try to do that when I can. And, 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 and I always like to ask, after they've been here for a few days, so what do you think? You know, folks from Nebraska, what do you think? Folks from Kansas, what do you think? And inevitably, they talk about In-N-Out Burger. They talk about the weather. And they talk about the freeways and the signs. All these different signs. Because in Nebraska, you know, it's like they got one sign, maybe two you know, you drive down the 405, there's signs all over the place. And good luck if you don't have Waze or Google Maps to try to figure out and decipher our freeway systems. Or if there's construction, like over here on Lambert or whatever, get in this lane, move over here, do this. Next thing you know, you're in your Belinda going, I was just trying to get on the freeway. What happened here? Right? I mean, our signs are crazy. Some of them look like this kind of sign. Take a look at this. These are some of the signs that we have that, that can confuse us. I mean, which way do you go? Stop, don't turn right, don't turn left, don't back up, don't go forward. You stuck. I mean, this is a real legitimate sign. 
We got some crazy signs around here. But I think even more confusing is this one. Take a look at this. I have no idea where to go. (laughs) Which way is the one way? I, I don't know. We have crazy signs, and they can be very confusing. In John chapter 14, Jesus gives us a heavenly sign. It's a one-way road sign. And his intention is really to bring comfort and assurance and direction. This was his motivation, to bring comfort, assurance, and direction. And we see that Thomas is the first one to speak up. He, he, he's the pragmatic one. He's the one that wants to see things firsthand. He wants details. He wants it spelled out. And he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And that's the big question, isn't it? What's the way to God? What's the way to get to God? What path must I take? What journey must I go on? Whose directions should I follow? And that question is asked today. All over the world, 7 billion people plus want to know, how can I get to God? What's the way? And Jesus gives the answer to these difficult questions. And he answers and says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Period. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus often surprised people. Matter of fact, his statements were mind-boggling. They were revolutionary. They, they spun people upside down. He would say things like, if you want to save your life, you've got to lose it. The first shall be last. It is better to give than to receive. The meek will inherit the earth. Pray for your enemies. Love those who persecute you. But by far the most outrageous, the most audacious assertion that Jesus ever made was the most politically incorrect statement of all times. And today, even more politically incorrect when he declared, I am the way. Period. His claim stirs people up, kind of grates on people. It's been called arrogant. It's been called narrow-minded, bigoted, and just downright snobby. Like an exclusive club. For some, it may even be a stumbling block for faith. Maybe some of you in here. Because we live in a pluralistic society. Where the, where the main word is tolerance. But I believe that Jesus was telling the truth when he made this statement, and he said it not out of exclusivity, exclusivity or arrogance, but he said it out of compassion for those who are lost, looking for the way. I believe this single sentence is one of the most critical, important bits of information on the planet. Take a look why. Jesus didn't say, take a look, he was one of the ways. Did you notice that? Jesus didn't say he was the best way. 
Jesus says he is what? The way. He's saying there may be many paths, but I'm the only one that leads to God. See, this is a controversial statement. It's a hot-button topic because it strikes at the core of a myth about religion. Because there's a myth about religion, and religion has been defined globally. The world religion is like this. Religion is a mountain. God is at the top of the mountain. Humanity is at the base. Maybe you've heard this in some philosophy classes. Humanity is at the base, and they're all on a journey to get to God. And there are many paths that lead to God. That's what this pluralistic, pluralistic worldview says. In his book, The Case for Christ, Lee Strobel says that many people make this statement. He says, all religions are basically the same. This is what people say. All religions are basically the same. Sure, there are surface level distinctions between the various world religions, but if you strip them all down to their essentials, they all teach the same thing. So it doesn't really matter which one you follow. Eventually, you'll get there unless you're on the wrong path. That's my addition. In other words, all spiritual paths lead up the same mountain because all religions basically teach that brotherhood and sisterhood of men and women are essential and the universal fatherhood of God is key. But the problem is, this declaration that Jesus makes, that Jesus Christ makes, flies in the face of this philosophy, this religious worldview. It flies directly in the face of that. Because he says, I am the way. See, other religious leaders say, follow me and I'll show you how to find truth. But Jesus said, I am the truth. See, that's different. Other religious leaders will say, follow me and I'll show you the way to salvation. Jesus says, I am the way to eternal life. Other religious say, Religion leaders say, follow me and I'll show you enlightenment. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Other religious leaders say, follow me and I'll show you the door to God. And Jesus said, I am the door. He reinforced it over and over and over again. Uh, my friend A.J. Mora um, said to me when we were talking about this and we were uh, looking at some scriptures together, he said, yeah, Kelly, I heard it said one time that uh, Confucius said, I will show you the way. Buddha said, I will enlighten you to the way. Muhammad said, I am a prophet of the way. But only Jesus is the one that said, I am the way. He's the only one. The only one. Every other religion says that there are ways but Jesus said, no, I am the way, and so follow me. Follow me, because he is the way. Jesus is the way. We could end it right there, period. Who is Jesus? He is the way to the Father, undoubtedly. Now, I've noticed with some other religions, this is another aspect of, of following Jesus, faith in Jesus Christ, Every other religion that I've noticed seems to be based on people doing something. 
And even in Christian, some Christian circles, we've taken God's word and said, well, then if you do this, then maybe you can earn God's favor. Other religions say that struggling and striving somehow will earn God's acceptance. They say people have to use something like a Tibetan prayer wheel or go to pilgrimages or give alms to the poor or avoid eating certain foods. Those may be good things, but those don't earn you God's favor. If we pray a certain way or say a certain verse or strive through a series of reincarnations, then eventually we make it to God. These are all people's attempts to reach God. And all these attempts are futile. Because remember last week, since the garden, God has been making efforts to be present with us. He's been making his way to be with us. He's not forcing us to try to make our way to him because the chasm, the gulf is so large that we can't make it on our own. We need help. And Jesus Christ is God reaching us. God reaching to us. See, that was who Jesus was and is. He's making the way. See, Jesus taught the opposite of what world religions today teach. He said nobody can do anything to inherit or merit heaven. You can't earn it. Impossible. It's too big of a price. No one can earn it. We can't work hard enough. The price is too high. Our separation from God is a result of sin and created such a chasm that only God could cross it, could bridge it. Look what the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says this, For the wages of sin is death. Pause there for a second. The cost of sin is death. That's pretty expensive, wouldn't you say? That's pretty pricey. Sin, this separation, the cost is death and it must be paid in death. We can't work our way out of it, but we can receive a gift that only Jesus offers. The gift only he paid for. And it's called salvation through grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. Grace, the definition of grace is unmerited favor, undeserved, unearned, a gift that you haven't deserved or earned. And Jesus, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Matter of fact, let's all read this together. Ready, begin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift. The gift. Isn't that good? You can't earn it, but there's a gift for you. Later on, the Apostle Paul would write to the believers in a town called Ephesus who were trying to understand this. And here's what he says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. He says, God saved you by His grace. Everybody say grace. 
grace, that unmerited favor, when you believed, you simply believed, and you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. There it is again. Verse 9, salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Not a single person can say, see, I'm better than you because I earned it. Uh Uh-uh. We all the same, and we all get the same gift. It doesn't seem fair, does it? It's not. It's not fair. It's not fair that Jesus Christ, God's Son, had to go on a cross and pay for our sins. But He did. And He offers that gift, and He makes the way to God. He's the only one to pay the price for all of humanity's sins. No other religious leader ever said or did what he did. And he's the only one to reconcile us back to God. You see, he is the way. It's his claim. It's what Scripture proves. And it's what we see. You see the difference? Because for a long time, people have tried to harmonize the various religions of the world. But there's a drastic, irreconcilable difference between those who follow Jesus and other religions. Other religions are spelled D-O. What does that spell? Yeah, that's right. Other religions teach people that they have to do a bunch of religious rituals, a bunch of religious deeds to please God. And if you do this enough, and if you do this long enough, then God will be happy with you. But see, a follower of Jesus is spelled D-O-N-E. What does that spell? Done. Is done. Christ done it on the cross. That's poor English, but that's what he did. Christ done it on the cross. We just need to receive him as the master and Lord of our life. Simply say yes to Jesus to receive the gift. So when Jesus makes the declaration that he is the way, it's not, a, it's not arrogance, it's not narrow-mindedness, it's not exclusivity, it's actually compassion. To say, I'm the way and the gift is free, because I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. You just need to take it and receive it. And that's called good news. Isn't that good news? That's good news. It's not arrogance. It's not narrow-mindedness. It's not bigotry. It's compassion because he's showing the way. I like to think about it like this. Imagine there's two clubs, um, whatever kind of club you would, you'd want to be a member of, a golf club, a boating club, a country club, a chess club. I don't care. It's a club. Some side of club that you might be interested in. There's two of them. Okay, the first one admits people if to, they, if they earn their membership. Okay, you have to pay a whole bunch of money. You've got to gain great wisdom. You've got to go through an extreme inter- interview process. You've got to fulfill all these strict requ- requirements to measure up. And unfortunately, most of us in here would never measure up. Lots of people won't make it into that club. We won't pass the grade and we will be excluded. The second club, anybody can come in. The price for membership was paid. Oh, there's a price, but you don't have to pay it. 
You just have to accept the ticket, the gift, and say yes and move on in. See, that's the difference. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it, no matter how much money you have, because it's already been paid for. Jesus is the way. That's the difference. That's the difference of Jesus being the way. He makes eternal life accessible <laughs> to everyone. Everyone. The murderer on death row. The little innocent child living in Orange County. And everyone in between has access because Jesus paid the price. It's like our sign, the blue sign outside uh, that says Saturday nights, everyone welcome. Everyone is welcome. It's not exclusive. A person simply needs to say yes to Jesus and follow in his footsteps. See, that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It means, Jesus, I'm going to walk the way you walk. I'm going to behave the way you behave. Not because I'm trying to earn your favor, but because I love you. I want to follow you. And I'm so thankful for this free gift that you've given me. And that's how you walk out this relationship, this fellowship with Jesus. It's literally a step of faith. Understanding that all the other paths to God are dead ends. And Jesus is the only way. We trust we believe and we say yes, that he is the way. So we follow him. Jesus is the way. In closing, the next few minutes, I want to talk a little bit about the, what that means for you and me. Because you probably, many of you in here have said yes to Jesus. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. Historically, though, some people who have called themselves Christians, who have called themselves followers of Jesus, have exalted themselves. And they've claimed to be more enlightened or better than others. They've worn their faith in Jesus like some sort of designer label. Look at me as compared to you. Come on, I'm sorry. They've treated their faith like a backstage pass, walking past most of humanity saying, don't you wish you had what I had? It's sad that many believers have done that. When Jesus would say, but wait a minute, that was a free gift for you and should be a free gift for everyone. I feel like if Jesus was here, he'd say, hey, take that backstage pass off. And would you just start letting people in? Would you start showing them the way? Would you start showing them me? Because it's not about you. You can't get them to heaven. You didn't do anything to earn it. You don't deserve it. It was a free gift for you. And so freely you've received, freely you should give. See, that's our response. As a follower of Jesus, I have no right to say that I am better than anyone else. I'm not. I'm not. Each person is a unique and wonderful creation of God. Every man, woman, and child around this little blue globe that's spinning around the sun is a wonderful creation of God. But everyone, according to the Bible, is lost. See, look what the Bible says. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For everyone has sinned 
We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We all fall short. All of us. All of us fall short. My purpose, my motivation is to simply and lovingly point people to the way. To lead them through my life, through my testimony, the way I live, the way I behave. I need to be pointing people to the way. It's kind of like this image. We all should be unique signs pointing to the way. Jesus is the way. And our role and responsibility is to lead people to Him. We should never wear our faith like some sort of badge bragging, na, 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 na. I found the way and you didn't. Our our attitudes need to be like that of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that our attitude should be that of Jesus, who being in very nature God, God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but He laid it down and took on the form of a servant and became obedient even to the death on a cross. He took on the form of a servant and said, I lay down my life for others. That's our role and responsibility. Point people to the way. Because there's lost people who need to know the truth. And Jesus says, He is the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Isn't that good? Our lives need to be like those road signs. So here's what I want to do in closing. I want to pray. First, I want to pray for you. Maybe you're lost. You've been trying all these different ways. You've gone down this path and went, oh, that's a dead end. You've gone down this path and, oh, that's a dead end. There's a famous Christian artist who passed away a number of years ago, but his songs are still sung in churches. His name is Keith Green. And in his book, he wrote a book called No Compromise. And he talked about his spiritual journey. He was a very famous musician during the 70s and even into the 80s. And he decided before he knew Jesus, he goes, I'm going to find a way to God. Lived here in Southern California. And he he goes, okay, I'm going to go try Buddha. And he went and hung out with Buddhists and just really said, I'm going to, is this the way? Is this the way? And he found out that's a dead end. And then he went and tried another. You know, he went to the Hare Krishnas and he, he tried all these different things. And he even had a list. And Jesus was kind of like in the middle there. And he gets kind of down to Jesus. He goes, yeah, I'm going to move him down. I'm going to try something else. New age, transcendental meditation. Just kind of kept working his way. And he gets to Jesus. I'm going to move him down again. <clears throat> Finally, he tried a couple of dozen Jesus is there kind of on the bottom. He goes, okay, finally, okay, fine, I'll try Jesus. And he discovered the way. And his life was radically transformed. His testimony led thousands, hundreds of thousands of people to Jesus. He spent his life here on earth pointing to the way. How will you spend your life here on earth? How will you spend your life here on earth? If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, tonight's your chance. Say yes to the way. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Father God, that you sent your only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, 
but would have everlasting life. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the way. Tonight, with nobody looking around and your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to ask you, are you lost? Say yes to Jesus right now. He's the way. If you'll slip your hand up and just say, yes, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Yes, I want to know the way. Just simply raise your hand and put it back down, and I will pray with you right now. Right now, anyone in the room? Amen. 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 Would you look up here at me, church? Now here's what I want to do. For everybody else that didn't raise your hand, you're, you're saying that you are a follower of Jesus. You know the way, the truth, and the life. Will you commit to being a sign that points to the way? I want to pray that we will be road signs pointing to Jesus. That you will have an opportunity this week to be an example of Jesus to somebody else. It can happen anywhere. Last night, my wife and I went to dinner with another pastor couple, friends of mine. We went to the Irvine Spectrum. We had a special dinner out on a Friday night. It was great to have a date night. And we're sitting there and we prayed for our meal like we normally do. And then I said, wait a minute, there's a family in our church that I want to pray for. And so we paused and we prayed for that, that family, the Grove family. Later on, we got a note from somebody who was watching us and listening to us and was so moved by our compassion and that we would pray before a meal, not for our food, but for a person. And they said, I see Jesus in you, and I'm so glad to know that Jesus is present. It reminded me that Jesus is here. See, we're going to be road signs everywhere we go, driving down the street, going to Starbucks, eating dinner. We'll be road signs. Will you be a road sign that points to the way? I'm going to pray for you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I extend my hands. And I'm going to ask you to do something right now with our heads bowed. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you, will you commit by the raising of your hands saying, I will be a road sign pointing to the way. Just say, I'm going to be a road sign pointing to the way. Father God, I declare blessing over every man and woman that's raising their hand in here. That they are committing to being a road sign that points to the way. For you are the way, the truth, and the life. And you are the way to the Father. And so, Lord, we commit with the raising of our hands, and I speak blessing over every man and woman, that we will be road signs pointing to the way. For Jesus, you are the way to hope. You are the way to peace. You are the way to life. We declare that, we believe that, and we receive it. In Jesus' name, we all say amen with me. Amen. Isn't that good? Tell the Lord thank you. Oh, that's so good. Thank you. For more information about Refinery Church, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at We Are Refinery. If these messages have blessed you, please consider supporting the ministry by visiting our website at wearerefinery.com/give.